cover story. Cover a story or attain that coveted story. Get it? That is exactly what you want. Quoted as the expert. The story. Headline. The spin. Every week, join us to talk about all things important to relating to the public. Your public. Craft your image, promote your products, create expert status, become the buzz. Join us with the pros. PR 101, crisis management, media blitzing, it's all here on Cover Story. We're reserving a headline for you. Welcome to Cover Story. I'm your host today. My name is Jian Wei. I'm the director of product management here at Vocus, uh, focused primarily on PR Web, our newswire service. And I am joined today by Jenny Shady, who is the president of JRS Consulting. Jenny combines her background in communications and counseling psychology to help organizations answer the question, how do your customers and employees feel about your products and services? Previously, Jenny served as an officer and director of qualitative research at Golan Harris International, where she worked with major brands including Levi's 501 Jeans, Campbell's Soup, and Kleenex. Jenny also trained as a counseling psychologist and has counseled children, adults, couples, and families and assisted with job transitions and issues as a career counselor. So, Jenny, first of all, welcome to our show. Thank you, John Way. Um, now, I want to immediately go into your background, which I find really fascinating. I'd like to know about how you've combined your training as a counseling psychologist with your professional background in PR. I was working at Golan Harris International, and I was very involved in new business at the time, and I found that we were so much more successful at winning the business and doing a good job for our clients if our recommendations were based on insights into our uh, customers. So um, I began doing a lot of interviewing and focus groups with potential audiences, and then we would develop our programming based on what we what we learned about the needs of our audiences and uh the whole things went so much better with those kind of insights that I decided to really go in that direction with my career. So you started in, so let me, add, let me back up, you started working in, in PR and some of the insights you gained from um, what you were seeing as far as the impact of research methodologies on, on the successful ex- execution of the campaign, did that lead you into psychology? I had always been very curious about psychology, and I approached my management at Golan Harris, and they were very supportive. And uh, for for three years, I actually worked part-time at Golan Harris while I uh, received my master's degree in counseling psychology, uh, did some internships, had some of my own uh, clients, and I brought it all back together when I rejoined Golan Harris in a full-time way and became director of qualitative research. I like to say that I have a better cure rate with my uh, counseling clients when I'm directing it more toward business and successful marketing than private practice, per se. Okay. So, so now you're at Golan Harris, and you are doing, you're, you're directing the qualitative research, uh, more or less. And so when you guys go in and you're working with some of these huge international brands like Campbell's or Kleenex, um, you're coming in and you're sort of, they have some basic question that they want answered and you're sort of coming in and doing the qualitative research component that's guiding, um, that's guiding the campaign? Yes. I, 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 for 15 years I've had my own company now, JRS Consulting, but before that I worked at Golan Harris 
And a real sure. turning point for me was what, late one Friday afternoon when I was he- headed out of the office. It had been a busy week, and I was ready for the weekend. All of a sudden, my boss appeared in my doorway and said the words that made me reach for the bourbon. And here's what he said to me. He said, Jenny, we're pitching the Jim Beam bourbon account. You're in charge. Let's get this business. So, of course, when you're pitching new business, you start having all these brainstorming sessions and planning sessions, and we kept doing that at Golan Harris, and we weren't really coming up with the big idea. And uh, then one day, in the middle of one of these brainstorming sessions, the pitch to Jim Beam was maybe about five days away. I looked around at our meeting, and I realized that we were all women with advanced degrees, who lived in the trendy Lincoln Park area of of Chicago. And I thought about the Jim Beam drinkers, who tended to be young males uh, living in rural areas, very, very interested in outdoor activities. And I thought, no wonder we weren't coming up with anything. We, We weren't the Jim Beam drinkers. In fact, none of us even drank bourbon. So we arranged to do some interviews with actual Jim Beam drinkers, and we held some focus groups, and it was clear as soon as these guys started coming in that this was a good idea. I mean, picture the Marlboro Man minus the horse. That's what we were looking at. And from running these sessions with these guys, what came out were really incredible insights into what motivated them to drink Jim Beam. Things like they began drinking Jim Beam with their fathers and their grandfathers as a part of their heritage. How they enjoyed Jim Beam when they were out in the duck blinds, you know, hunting and fishing. And how Jim Beam was sort of a bonding experience for them with their buddies. Out of this, these sessions came the big idea that won us the account. And, in fact, when we went in to make our presentation, the, the uh, marketing person at Jim Beam commented on how impressed we were. he was that we had actually done our research and understood his customers more than, as he said, a bunch of PR people sitting around a table brainstorming and, and, and eating peanuts. That was a real turning point for me when I realized when you get that kind of insight into your customers, you come up with much more effective programming that actually draws them to you rather than you having to chase down your target audiences. Interesting. Now, just to back up for a second, I thought what you were going to say once you guys realized you're all a bunch of uh, women with your uh, your higher education degrees in, in Lincoln Park, um, I thought you were going to say you guys suddenly decided to move to the South and start drinking bourbon for, for a period of time. So it's, it's interesting to, to see that you guys went in the opposite direction and you, you brought those people in and did the research. Right. Right, absolutely. Um, <laughs> we brought them into focus groups and talked with them about, you know, what, why they drank Jim, Jim Beam, and we were able to see them and understand why they drank Jim Beam in a much clearer way, and then our, our programming was that much more effective. So was that the impetus that then kind of led you to uh, move off and, and start JRS Consulting? Um, sure. No, I was still with Golan Harris for a couple of more years, uh, but okay. I began my own business when I uh, when I decided I wanted a little bit more flexibility, and I'd always been intrigued by having my own business. And once I started offering this kind of insight to other clients, the business you know really took off because um, it was a fairly unique approach to developing marketing programs really based on these customer insights. Now, do you think that's still a unique approach, or do you think that you've kind of helped change the thinking on this because, you know, um, from some of the agencies that I'm familiar with, it seems like more and more they are starting with more of this audience focus before they go into uh, the development of the different campaigns or initiatives. 
I think you're right. The Jim Beam story happened about probably 15 years ago, and particularly Uh in public relations, I think PR firms have moved in the direction of getting customer insights. At the same time, though, I have to say, I still see some big mistakes getting made by people who don't do their research into their customers. Now, what do you think? What do you think is the reason for that? I mean, why it just seems so obvious that hey, if you're going to do some sort of communications initiative, you really have to understand who you're talking to. Why do you think people neglect that component? It just seems so important. I think people get enamored with their own thinking, and it's very easy to be in your offices and associating with your colleagues and just fall in love with your own ideas and not focus on who you're ultimately trying to reach, which is your, your, your target audiences. Because at the end of the day, marketing isn't really about who you think you are. Marketing is about who your customers think you are and what they need. And a lot of people forget that important outlook. They're very focused on their, their own company and their service services and their products. They don't think enough about their customers. So do you think it's, it's companies have a tendency and people who work in companies ha- have a tendency to almost be uh, excessively self-absorbed? Now, are we talking That's- about big egos here? I mean, is that what we're talking about? I don't know so much if it's big egos. I think it's I think it's myopic. I think it's short-sightedness. You know, they just get caught up in their own world and they do, they forget about what um, what their customer how their customers are really living. I mean, think about some of the challenges that we're facing in our automobile industry. Well, when you think about the employees of the automobile industries, they've all been driving American cars. A lot of times, they get incredible discounts on those. Um, they're encouraged to drive those kind of cars, but it's not a really really a very realistic view of how other people are making their car buying decisions. Okay. And they kind of lost touch with the American public and what they're really looking for in automobiles. And I see this happening again and again in, in, in other companies where the people you know, working in the corporate offices have lost touch with their own customers. So, so tell us then, with your own consulting firm now, you guys, let's say you guys get a piece of business and uh, you kind of... You come in, and, and is most of the work you do kind of oriented around customer in, in learning about customer insights and customer discovery? Much of it is oriented okay. around customer discovery, although our clients might not approach us specifically asking for that, but that's our approach because we know that you're going to be so much more successful if your marketing is based on customer insights. I just saw an, an article actually recently in Ad Age where uh, Mary Beth West, Kraft Foods Chief Marketing Officer, told Ad Age, you don't have to market differently in a recession, you just have to understand your customers better. And that's very true. And ever since that I've had the Jim Beam experience I mentioned, I've definitely had that philosophy. Interesting. Well, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about JRS Consulting, uh, what you guys do, how you guys work with clients, and what makes you guys different when we return. Stick around. Cover story. We'll be back after this short break. Hey, have you got the number for Jerry's Pizza? Look it up on LocalPages.com. LocalPages.com. Well, what if I wanted a business number in Miami? LocalPages.com. Can people find your business online? Be seen with LocalPages.com on every local listing in all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, MSN, and Ask. With over 6 billion quality searches a month and bids starting as low as one cent, get connected with local consumers at the exact moment that they're looking for you. San Francisco, Green Bay, London. I told you. LocalPages.com. List your business on LocalPages.com now and get $100 in free local advertising. LocalPages.com, bringing your neighborhood to you. 
Oh, wise master, I've climbed up this mountain to seek your wisdom. Yes, how can I help you, my son? I've traveled far to ask why my business isn't growing. You are on top of this mountain when you should be on topnichenetworks.com. But I need answers. You should be on topnichenetworks.com, specializing in direct marketing and lead generation as well as list management. Topnichenetworks.com has exclusives and leading payouts. They welcome new affiliates with hot offers. We don't seem to get the results we need at a price we can afford. Topnichenetworks.com will work on a performance-only basis, so you only pay for results. Topnichenetworks.com has the answers that you've been seeking for making your business a success on a performance-only basis. And that's a good thing, because my butt's falling asleep. PPC Rockstars will take you to the promised land of PPC Profit. Live broadcast Mondays at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the advertising channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. Commercials off. Now back to Cover Story. We're reserving a headline for you. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host. Welcome back to Cover Story. This is Gian Wei, your host for today. I'm joined here by Jenny Shady, president of JRS Consulting. And so maybe you could tell us a little bit about uh, JRS Consulting itself. I mean, what's your, what's your elevator pitch when people ask you what it is that you guys do? We help organizations dramatically increase customer and employee attraction. And the way that we do that is by gaining insights into employees and customers and what they need from our clients, and then we develop marketing programs based on those needs. And the result is that rather than our clients having to chase after uh, their customers, customers are actually drawn to them and to their marketing because the marketing is much more on target. So these are two different populations, I guess, um, employees and customers, or are they? Are they different? Well, they're different, but they work the same, and they work, they work together. They're different, but they work together. Um, employees are really your frontline representatives drawing in customers. For example, I attended a seminar once where um, the person sitting next to me worked for a uh, cell phone company. And I I noticed she pulled out a different kind of a cell phone during a break. And um, I asked her, gee, that's interesting. You You don't use your own company's cell phone. And I thought maybe she was doing her own kind of market research. But she mm-hmm. replied kind of laughing, oh, I would never use our own, our own phones. They're too unreliable. <laughs> what kind of a statement was she making about her own products? I mean, I can see as many ads as they can put out there about their company, but if their own employee is making a statement like that, that's going to be far more powerful. Now, does that become more powerful now uh, with some of the communications tools we have available to us? Uh, that allow anybody to kind of go out there and, you know, either either blast or, or become an evangelist for products. I think at a company's employees, though, you, you expect them or you hope that they will be ambassadors for your products. And if you have sure. an employee who's, I mean, the one I just described was almost an anti-ambassador, that's going to sure. have a, that's really making a statement. She doesn't, she doesn't believe in her own products. She's not using them. So that's, in that way, employees are very, very important to drawing customers to, to a company because they, they're serving as representatives of the products. What they say is going to be very influential on the outside customers. So let's say JRS Consulting, let's, let's take this example you just mentioned. Um, you guys come in 
and uh, and it's because this this mobile phone company they realize that uh, there is this disjoint between um, what it is they're saying and what their employees are saying. Um, what what can you guys actually do about that? I mean, wh- how do you approach that situation, that fundamental problem? A couple of ways. One would be to talk with some of the employees and find out how widespread this is. I mean, that was just one person that I mentioned. But if this is really an issue for the company, we need to find out, is there a quality issue with the product or are are the employees, you know, not, is the company actually providing the employees with their own phones? And then we would work with the organization for a very effective marketing, internal marketing campaign with their employees so that they have the right messages that they need to be passing along to customers, so that they they have a clear view of their own products, so they have all the tools that they need to effectively serve as ambassadors for the organization. Is there ever a situation where your recommendation would be more product-oriented? I mean, sometimes the product itself is, is just isn't that good, and there's, I guess there's only so much you can do from an internal marketing perspective. Quite frequently, when we are um, conducting research, we might come across some very practical information that can make things work better. For example, Mm. um, one time doing some work for a fast food organization where um, the employees at the the cash registers were... um, Selling little um, give away, giving away little giveaways with the products, and service had been slowing down, and this was kind of an issue. We learned something very practical talking with the employee, which is the little boxes that they were giving away to the customers didn't stack neatly, so they couldn't keep them by the cash register, and they had to run to the back in order to get these boxes. It sounds like a little logistical issue, but it was creating a service issue for the organization. And only through our interviews did this come out, and we were able to make recommendations to our clients about fixing this right away, and that's what we did. I mean, we didn't wait for the project to be over. We were on the phone immediately alerting them so that they could make the appropriate changes to the packaging. Sometimes it's just a little thing like that that corporate office has gotten disconnected from the actual uh, store or restaurant, and the corporate mm-hmm. office needs to learn how, how this is working or not working for their own employees. So it seems like what you guys do kind of extends beyond just well, I guess this is still under the umbrella of marketing, but this is to me more of kind of a packaging slash product issue that came came about through um, this discovery phase you guys were were initiating. Well, absolutely. We don't limit our our work to marketing. Sometimes things come up that's more of a management issue. By really getting in touch with your employees and your customers, all kinds of information services, and you don't want to limit yourself to just say, well, this isn't part of marketing, so I'm not going to address it. We really um, work in any area that we need to in order to improve our client's condition. I want to switch gears uh, for a minute. Over the past few years, this whole uh, this whole trend in technology uh, that or and and just practice, which oftentimes is referred to as social media or Web 2.0 earlier, um, has has really kind of come onto center stage. I think in in this profession, and I guess I guess what I'm curious about. I mean, you hear a lot of people kind of saying you can learn so much more about your customers in the day and age of social media. I, I'm really curious uh, from your perspective. Is is that true? I think you certainly can learn from social media, and uh, things like blogs um, are great ways to get input from your customers. But I, I am seeing a trend where companies may be relying too much on on um, 
technology or social media, and they're getting away from seeing their actual customer. And that's something to pay attention to. I mean, there's nothing like actually getting out in the field and observing your customers um, in real life. We did some work, actually, for a company that um, creates uh, video games for bars that people, uh, that people play in sports bars. And it was kind of a funny assignment because a colleague of mine and I were out and we're going up to, to guys, who are the young guys who are the target audience for these games mm-hmm. and bars, and we're saying to them, I remember saying to this one guy, can we talk to you for a few minutes? And, and the guy said, well, yeah, just a second. And I heard him turn around and say to his buddy, I can't believe this. We just got here, and chicks are already hitting us. <laughs> and then he turned back to me, and I said, well, actually, we just want to interview about your video game, and we'll give you $50 for talking to us. And he said, oh, okay. But so he went on to, to um, give us some input on what he, what, why he was playing these games, and it was fascinating because when we talked about uh, what, a tri- what he considered to be a good game, it was a game that um, makes a lot of noise and, and lights go off when he's doing well. Well, so that everybody in the bar sees that he's, you know, how good he is at the game. Mm-hmm. And he liked being in the bars and being with all of his friends. He had a sense of inclusion. He felt like, you know, this was this was his world, and um, you know, this was a way that he could enjoy himself and pass a few hours with with his friends. And so the information for the video game manufacturer was was really important because it it told them how their target audience is actually benefiting from their products, the emotional benefits that they're getting out of these games, feeling competent, um, attracting attention from other people, feeling a sense of belonging by being with, with their friends. And the game, when they keep this in mind, when they develop their games, they'll be that much more successful. I don't know how you could get that kind of input strictly from technology. I think you've got sure. to get right out on, you know, on the scene. I call it you know, going out to the scene of the dime where people are actually spending their money and seeing what you, it's attracting your customers and how they're responding to your products. So that's an example I can give you about how, you know, yes, technology can be very helpful, but you also really need to get out and observe and talk with your customers. You know, I mean, this is this is such a fascinating example because uh, m- myself, I'm not, I'm not a big video game buff, but I always think about video games or arcade games as being a very solitary activity, and um, I'm, I don't know what the paradigm was like, but I would I would be I would imagine the paradigm had been like that for this company um, until you guys went in and realized it actually had become almost a social activity, and. I'm sure that had an influence on the way that they were doing product development and engineering the product to be, you know, maybe more gaudy, maybe maybe louder, maybe have more flashing lights and and this and that. And and I and I think I'm in complete agreement that it. I think it would be very difficult to distill that that sort of paradigm changing information from uh, blog postings. Absolutely, and I think. By really talking with the customers and seeing them in action, you get key insights that you can then use for other product development. I mean, beyond, okay, have the lights flashing and have sounds going off, when you understand the, the, the personal benefits, the emotional benefits that the customer is getting from the product, that can then become a driving force for developing other products, for marketing your products, but you, you, know, you understand the needs that you're meeting in your customer, and that's very, very important. And again, hard to get from uh, blog postings particularly. Now, you've worked with some pretty large companies, 
uh, just looking at your, your client roster, I mean, it's really impressive. There's a lot of Fortune 500 companies up here. Uh, a lot of our listeners are actually small business owners or small medium enterprises. Um, it, it just strikes me that focus groups and some of these methodologies, um, qualitative methodologies, do seem like they are more in the domain of uh, large organizations who have the budget to afford these types of research methodologies. Or, or is that incorrect? I think people associate the, these sorts of activities with large organizations, but small companies need to do it too. Everybody needs to understand their customers and what their customers need and why they might turn to you. So a small company who doesn't have a big budget for research, again, it doesn't cost anything to get out of your office and uh, go observe some of your customers in real life. I mean, you can do it. You should have your staff people do it. Even small companies often have sales forces. Salesforce can double as marketing people too. They can report back in about the needs that they're hearing from their customers, but you need to set up that link within your own organization. Many times people don't think to do that, but they can have their sales force, you know, talking with their, their customers and finding out what their needs are, what needs they're anticipating and um, what kinds of things they see coming down the pipeline that they can respond to. So do you guys help companies in that respect, too? I mean, you kind of go in and do more short-term projects, but do you also help sort of create these feedback loops so that they can become more sustainable in understanding what, what it is their customers are saying? Absolutely. We we can go in and figure out how a company can get feedback from their customers and then transfer those skills and transfer that system over to the organization that, so that the organization can take over. I'll give you an example. It's a nonprofit. So, you know, nonprofits don't tend to have a lot of money. And a, a nonprofit called us in and said they wanted us to talk with, um, it was an after-school program for kids, and they wanted us to talk with the kids about which kind of activities they wanted after school. Did they want sports? Did they want um, homework help? What is it that they're looking for? And they actually approached us about doing some kind of an online survey. We got back to them and said, well, we'd like to actually go into the after-school programs and observe the kids and, and um, sort of see firsthand what the kids are experiencing. And that's how I found myself after school one day on Chicago's south side and in a high school with the highest crime rate the highest murder count, as well as the highest poverty rate in Chicago. I was interviewing junior and seniors in high school about which programs they would want in the after-school program. Now, I do this a lot, and usually kids will get back and say, okay, I'd rather have the jump roping program or the volleyball or the uh, arts and crafts. This time was different. This time I had kids telling me, I like all those programs, but why I'm really here is because the people at home don't really know how to take care of me very well. I count on these people to do things that my parents can't do for me. I had somebody else saying, this club is my ticket out. I'm going to do a better job with my kids. I'm learning from the counselors here about how I can be a better parent one day. It was really, really moving. And at the end of these interviews, I had an 18-year-old high school senior girl tug on my my sleeve and say, can we keep these magic markers? And I thought of my own kids who were at the time four and six years old who had about 123 magic markers. And I was really struck by this. I went back to my, my client and I said, okay, here's the information about the after-school programs, but here's what you need to understand, the role you're filling in these kids' lives. And beyond what programs you're offering, this impacts your staffing. You need trained counselors on staff. 
here, here's the kind of availability you need to be offering. He, this affects your whole mission statement. And the client said, wow, this is so much more than we are expecting. Thank you. So you wow. can see how you get that kind of insight, whether it's the video game machines in the bars that we just talked about or these were high school kids after school. It's beyond, you know, what colors do you use, what sounds do you have, what programs do you offer, but what needs are you really meeting on the part of your customers? And that becomes your driving force for your organization. It sounds like um, from a lot of these anecdotes that uh, the client, uh, oftentimes has something in mind that they want, and what you come back with um, might be something a little bit more earth-shattering for them than what they were initially intending. Most definitely. And I think that's true with, with many consulting assignments that, you, you know, you, you make some plans or you, you, you initially talk, and um, there are always some twists and turns along the way, which I find particularly intriguing. That's one of the most fun things about my work is, you know, it, it, there's always some unexpected elements. Well, we're going to take a quick commercial break, but when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about an article you wrote recently for the PRSA Comprehension blog, How to Thrive in the Midst of a Dismal Economy, and pick your brain a little bit about how someone can grow their career in business in the midst of a recession when we return. Stick around. Cover Story. We'll be back after this short break. Hey, Jan, why are all the coders leaving so early? Doesn't your department have a deadline of, like, midnight or something? Me and my staff are here all night. I saved money on my staffing budget by outsourcing a lot of work to Offshoring.com. I told them I needed a coder, and they sent me profiles fast. My staff just filled in the little details, and now we're having margarita night. Offshoring.com. Fast, inexpensive, excellent, and on time. Offshoring.com. SEOSeek.com is your one-stop site for everything SEO. From search engine marketing to pay-per-click management, SEOSeek.com delivers high-quality SEO services at affordable prices. SEOSeek.com can help you with SEO analysis, monthly reports, title and meta tag optimization, email support, and so much more. Want to keep your SEO in-house? Let our professional trainers teach SEO to your staff. Get a free quote and a free competitive analysis today at SEOSeek.com. Are your domains locked to the max? If not, your online brand presence and your entire online business could be at risk from Internet thieves. Imagine the damage that you and your company would suffer if control of your domain was lost. Protect all of your valuable domains with MaxLock. From Moniker, your domain asset management specialist. With MaxLock, even if your email accounts are hacked and your passwords are stolen, your domains are protected in your Moniker account. Transfer your domains to Moniker today. Powered by MaxLock. Delivering maximum protection for your domains. Find out more at Moniker.com slash MaxLock. LPO, landing page optimization, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the advertising channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. Commercials off. Now back to Cover Story. We're reserving a headline for you. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host. Welcome back to Cover Story. I'm your host, Gian Wei. We're here with Jenny Shady, president of JRS Consulting. 
And so today I read that the economy shrank at a 3.8% pace at the end of 2008, which is the worst showing in a quarter century. And I think everyone is aware of uh, the environment we're currently in. And um, we may or may not be seeing a light at the end of the tunnel, so we may actually have to put our heads down for a little bit and just kind of grunt along. Um, but, Jenny, I, w- I want to know a little bit more from you about how someone can thrive in the midst of a dismal economy. You wrote this article. Can you, can you tell us a little bit about this topic? Sure. It's a stressful time. I mean, in, just in 2008 alone, 2 million Americans lost their jobs. It's very unsettling. And it's very important during all this stress to, to, to just take care of yourself. Your mom really did know best. Get plenty of rest and eat right um, because you've got important things to think about and to do. And it's kind of like in the airplane when the oxygen mask comes, out, comes down and they say put it on yourself before you take care of the person that you're with. You need to be in good shape first and foremost. Um, so that's key advice. It seems very basic, but it's easy when you're under stress to forget about something like that. Another suggestion I have for people is to seek cross-functional experiences in their work. I've noticed a very interesting trend in my management consulting, and that is that employees who have a wide variety of experiences are most likely to survive the job cuts and thrive in the midst of turmoil. I mean, it just makes sense. If you have experience working on consumer products as well as health care, you're twice as marketable. So the way to address this, if you don't have a formal new assignment, is if your area is slow, offer to help somebody else. One of my clients in the communications area who could see some cuts were coming in her organization offered to help her IT area at her company with some of their communications. And when the job cuts came out, IT offered her a communications role in their function. So her job, uh, her job was saved. So that had been a very smart move on her part. So it's important to seek uh, different experiences within your own organization so that you're, you become even more marketable. Sure. Another so, suggestion I have is to get Stay get healthy, get, get, eat, eat properly, get a lot of sleep, and also try to become as cross-functional as, as you possibly can. Absolutely. I also suggest that people get out of their comfort zone. You know, drastic times call for drastic actions, and it, this might be, it might be kind of tempting right now to say you're going to stay off the boss's radar, but that is the last thing you should be doing right now. This is the time to try some things that you haven't done before and take prudent risks and listen to what your customers and your, and your organization is looking for and be prepared to adapt accordingly. Um, now, you also wrote uh, that people should network positively. So how do people network positively? Well, when you think about it, people like to be around others who make them feel good. So offer support to other people. You know, if you know somebody who has lost their lost their job, you want to be sensitive to that. You know, ask them if, if you can be helpful. Um, you don't want to say something to them like, how many interviews do you have lined up? Because that sort of puts them on the spot. But just ask them how it's going, offer to review their resume, um, be supportive to people in that kind of a situation because, you know, they, then they're going to really remember that and they might come back and be able to help you in the future. And make sure to thank people for their contributions. When a company is going through layoffs, when people are under stress, it's easy to forget some of these common niceties. And you'll really stand out if you remember to take a positive approach, thank other people, and try to shake off some of that doom and gloom and be a positive person. 
We're, we're coming to the end of our show. Uh, I'm curious, how can I, how can I kind of keep in touch, keep in tune with what are the, what the things that you're talking about and thinking about? I mean, is there, do you guys have like a blog or a newsletter or something I could check out? You'll get all kinds of free tips um, about career growth, marketing development um, on, our, on our website, which is www.jrsconsulting.net. We have about 30 free articles on the site, and we also have a quarterly newsletter that you can subscribe to. Fantastic. So we've been talking with Jenny Shady, president of JRS Consulting, about a lot of different topics today, um, but most importantly, customer insights. Um, any, any kind of parting thoughts here? Any way you want to wrap this up, Jenny? I know it's a tough time in the economy, but if you take a positive approach, if you really try to understand your customers and, and invest more in marketing right now while others might be taking a step back, uh, you will be the most successful because we're going to come out of this at some point, and as long as you've maintained your visibility and your marketing, you'll be that much more ahead of other people. Great. Hey, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. So on behalf of Jenny Shady, this is Jian Wei, your host for today on Cover Story, and uh, we'll see you next week.